Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Welcome back to the show, Brad Herda, Blue Collar BS, coming at you with a heavy on the BS today. How are you doing today, Brad? Heavy business solutions. Yes. BS. Heavy on the business, business solutions. solutions. How are you That's doing right. today? It is a fantastic Friday afternoon here in the Blue Collar BS studios. And uh, snow is coming. It's middle of October and there was snow up north. There was an inch of snow at one of my clients' facilities up uh, around Superior. Yes, there is snow like, up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. not, not excited about that. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, buddy, it's going to but heavily impact your golf game, but, you know, that's what they make yellow balls for. That, yeah, and tomorrow morning when we tee off, it's supposed to be 33 degrees with Wrong. a real feel of 28. Wrong. Nope. Nope. Not Sorry. I'm just – you don't need to. Not you do not that. need to. So, Brad, who do we have on the show today? So today we have with us uh, one of the people that I've gotten to know over the last three to five years or so through the local uh, community that we live in 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 Sussex here. Uh, She is the vice president of supply chain at probably one of our largest local employers, um, Sussex IM Injection Molding. It's been different names, different things. It's a great company that supports our community. Um, I'm going to butcher the name because there's this T in front of her name that we're going to ignore. So we're going to try it. We're going to try it, Megan. Megan Zanakakis. Am I close? Yeah, Brad. I can do it. Yay. I you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. There's Welcome, that T Megan. sitting right in front of it, and it just <laughs> doesn't do any good. <laughs> awesome. Well, for, you passed the first test, Brad. So. All right. Thank perfect. <laughs> Thanks for now having me on the show. Now we know your test, as we talked about before recording, your test is to outdo Mr. Paul Giles. So that, is, that is very hard to live up to. I don't know if I I don't know if I can do it, but I'm I'll confident. give it a good try. I know you can. You're much smarter than he is. <laughs> I didn't say it. Paul I did. Paul I did. Getting <laughs> with zingers with people aren't here. That's a great. That's great. So Megan, hey, past guest we, of the uh, show. Paul was a past guest of the show. It's okay, <laughs> right? So you Megan, before we right. get into the before we get into the show, let's just quickly identify which generation do you fit in with. Oh, so I identify as a millennial. As everyone will tell me, I am definitely a millennial. <laughs> I get told often, "You are a millennial." <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And, and why do you why do you think they do that? Um, well, I think it's my lack of patience for things. <laughs> um, wanting to continuously improve a lot. The, I love to use technology um, to streamline and make things better. Um, I also look a lot younger than I actually am, so. I might be called Gen Z at some point, so <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> it has happened, but it's fine with me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. So making things better, using technology, how has that impacted your um, you know, your career path into your supply chain world as well as even within your own organization? Right, being the the millennial female leader inside your organization, how has that journey been for you? Yeah, so my journey started actually. I went to college for accounting, so Brad knows I love my spreadsheets. Um, that's really the path that I thought it would take, um, you know, for my entire life. Is I I worked in the big four, public accounting for four years. I traveled, I audited, I I worked very long hours, um, and I learned a lot. Uh, but at, at some point, you know, I knew that I couldn't, I couldn't do that forever. Um, and so my father is actually one of the owners of Sussex IM. And he approached me after I had um, been in public accounting for a while and said, if you want to come into manufacturing, I have a job for you. Um, and I thought it would be in accounting, you know, what my degree Surprise! was. Yeah. And <laughs> And he says, no, um, I want you to be in manufacturing scheduling. And I said, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, it's so, numbers in a different format. That's all. Yeah. Um, so I showed up the first day in dress pants and foreign shields, walking the shop floor, <laughs> having absolutely no idea what I had gotten myself into. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, it was it was eye opening. Um, but I'd always loved manufacturing. When I was in when I was in accounting and auditing, I audited manufacturing companies, and I went to physical inventories, and I learned about all these different companies and how they do things. And it was it was a really good kind of crash course in in the accounting side of manufacturing. The dark side of operations and manufacturing was very new to me. Um, the dark side. It is. It's the dark side. And I love it. I love it. I have people that tell me constantly, you just love the chaos. And I'm like, I do. I, I thrive on the chaos. I thrive on making things better and continuously improving and finding better, faster ways to, to do the job. Um, no, no, no. See, no, no, Megan, you got to slow down. That's the way we've always done it. <laughs> Just relax. <Yeah. laughs> those are, those are some for those that can't see the anger, words. for those that can't see the anger coming out of her face right now in her ears, there's like steam coming out. <laughs> going. Yes. So for, for my first several years here, I, just soaked in those words, right? I learned, I understood our processes. And the longer I was here, the more I could methodically understand like, okay, this is why we do it. I understand why, but it doesn't mean it's the best way, right? So, but I do think there is a, 
as millennials and Gen Z, you can't just come in blazing with, I want to fix all these problems, right? You, right. There is a rhyme or reason why things have been done that way. So you have to step back and understand that and say, okay, I get it. Now can we use the system to solve that problem, right? To make it faster, to make it more efficient. But if you don't understand where we came from and why, how we got there, it's really hard to make those changes and have people accept them. That is really great advice for somebody as young as you are. I've, I've, I've come up to a lot of, I mean, I've made mistakes. Let's not say I haven't. Oh, we, we've all made mistakes. Trust right? me. Even, um, even I, I've made lots of mistakes. Every yeah, day. I've, I've, but I learn from them, right? And I, I know the people and I know, I know how much they can handle as far as change is concerned in a certain period of time. Um, but we have come a very long way and we have a lot, a lot further to go, but we are making a lot of progress, which is really exciting. And it makes coming to work really fun. That's awesome. Very cool. So being, we would say the younger of the, of the groups and you focus on continuous improvement, how would you say the change was met when you first started versus how it's going now? when you've introduced change? Yeah, it was, when I first started, I've been here about eight years, it was very difficult. As one of my coworkers will will say, it was like one person waving the white flag, right? And then we had two people waving the white flag and then three people. And it's really hard to change when there's not as many people on your side, right? Not that there's sides, but not as many people embracing it and helping you. You can't do it alone. It's teamwork. It's collaboration. So over the years, um, we've hired a lot of new people that have that continuous improvement mindset that have come from other molders in the area that have used our ERP software and, and some of like the tools that we already have, they've yeah. used, been using them and use them better. So we've been able to use that knowledge to improve our organization and grow our, our core group of people who are really trying to implement change um, so that it's not just one person. Because it can't, it, you can't do it alone. Right. <laughs> you can't. Right. No, no, no. It gets really tired, tiring. Yeah. It's really frustrating. And it just, that's part of the reason why my hair isn't where it is anymore either. <laughs> Yeah, you you can't do it alone. It, it it's like it's like your family. You're it takes a village, um, right? And you all have to be rowing in the same direction. And we are we are there, and we're we're just we just keep rowing every day. So cool. So when you were starting out with the with the changes, and because we're a generational show, so we're going to ask this question of: Was there a specific generation that you would meet that would be more resistant to change when you first started out? Yeah, all I mean, all of the boomers are always resistant to change. And they will tell you this is they will tell you they're not. That's the <laughs> yes, funniest yes, part. Yes, they will. They will tell you, yes. I I really want to change, but and then they'll give all their reasons why. Right? And 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 that's but that's why I go back to there's a reason why they've been doing things that way for 30 yeah. years, right? 
30 years ago, it wasn't wrong. It was probably the best way to do things. We just weren't as focused as a culture on changing things or improving them on a regular basis. So they didn't see the extent of change and the the amount of change that kind of our generation is throwing on them all at once. Right. You know, so I think, I think millennials are more adapt and flexible to change just because we grew up with a lot of change and we are okay with it. So, but I, I understand where they're coming. Right. This is, this is a really great idea, Megan. However, why don't you have Bob do that instead of me? Could you do that? Cause I really like what I'm doing. Let's just do it this way. One last time, we'll do it this way, and then we'll make the change later. One last time. Just one last time, we'll do it this way. Yeah, that that is hard. That's a, That becomes very difficult, right? And I think the, that's kind of where you – it can't be one person, right? Right. It's a team, and everyone on the team is going to migrate to this, you know, new way of doing things. There's always going to be those outliers, but most of the time they will come around once they understand the value of the change and they understand that it's not, this isn't just more work for me. There's a reason. And it's, it's all in how it's presented. If you don't present it, if you don't tell them why we're doing it or what the benefit is or how it can help them, it makes them a lot, it's much harder to buy in. And I would feel the same way if someone did that to me. So... You got to present it in the right way. On a spreadsheet. No. <laughs> That's the one thing spreadsheets are not good for. <laughs> That's a PowerPoint and or discussion. <laughs> so, so I heard I, it from me. Spreadsheets are, do not cure everything. Okay. We're going to hold you to that. Yeah. Um, as you guys have grown and you've, and the business has grown um, and you've gone through changes over the last, I mean, shit, I've been out here in this area for 20 some years and that, that organization has changed dramatically over those 20 years. And you've only been there. You've been there for part of that eight. How or what are you doing to um, bring in the Gen Z kids, that 25 and younger crowd? How are you guys attracting and retaining or what, what tactics are you using that are successful that you can share with our audience? And what things are you, have you tried that just didn't work and it was a complete waste of time and money? Yeah. So I, that is a really hard question because we're still... That's what we do on this highly, to, highly, <laughs> highly powerful journalistic type show here that we have. <laughs> I wish someone... Tens of people are out there wondering what that answer is going to be. Yeah, I mean, we um, have just been discussing getting in much, you know, closer contact with the local schools um, because the one thing that Gen Z, I I really like about Gen Z is that they don't all just want to go to college because they've been told they need to go to college. And that is huge because in my generation, the millennials, we were all, I mean, Everyone I know, we just went to college. It didn't and matter got, if you knew. And got your master's. Yeah, I mean, and, and you racked up all this debt for a career you didn't even know what you were going into, right? Or something that didn't necessarily need that four-year degree. 
So Gen Z is much uh, more logical and they're thinking about what do I really want to do? If I don't really want to need to go to college right now, I'm not going to. I'm going to work or I'm going to do a trade or something or get my company to pay for that extra schooling um, yeah. instead of incurring that debt myself. So that is really important for the future of manufacturing. Um, and we are going to be working closer with the technical, like the tech ed and the robotics and those groups within the local high schools, because we have a lot of automation and robotics on our shop floor, which are very good paying jobs and hands on. And if we can get those kids into our facility to see what we're doing earlier in their lives, I think it will really benefit them um, and us mutually to to just talk to those kids earlier and have them understanding what we're doing. Um, manufacturing, it's not dirty. It's not it's not what you think of it. It's very technical. It's very scientific. Um, and we make cool stuff. So you make some you really, really cool know stuff. that until you come here. Right. Yeah. Mr. Lids. Yeah. We, I mean, it's all consumer products you would see out there in the world. And you have no idea that they're made in Sussex, Wisconsin. It is it is very cool. When uh, the first time I saw your display at the chamber office and I saw all the things that were on there and the first time I was in the conference room with looking at all the cosmetic stuff and cosmetic cases and all those other things, like never would have guessed. Right. Yeah. Coming up because because I don't when you drive by, you don't see all the things you don't see how big the building is. You just see the front entrance sort of and it's like, OK, oh, this is all yeah. coming out of here. Very, very yeah, cool. We're tucked, we're tucked away behind a lot of trees and foliage and you never know you never know how big we are that's right. okay though we like we like to be a little uh under the radar sometimes so you know kind of going back to that way we've always done it scenario right so you've come into the organization spent your eight years had to go through those boomers to get them to understand what's got to happen now, all of a sudden, this 25-year-old, 22-year-old comes in and says, uh, Hey, Megan, why are you doing it this way? How are, you, how, how are you going to take that on and react and deal with that? Because it's the next thing that's coming through to, to face. So I have, I have had that happen, and I've been like, Oh, we're not going to do that. We tried that, and it didn't work. And I stopped myself, and I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, it has happened several times and I will stop myself and be like, I am not that person. If you have an idea, I would love to hear it. Um, not right now. <laughs> well, and you know what? I don't, I don't have a problem with, if you have a suggestion for a better way to do something or an improvement, I'm all for it. My problem is, and I've been told this several times, I am I'm not good at delegating. So really? someone comes to me with a problem, I will take it on and I will do it. And the reason why I say that to them is because I'm essentially like, they'll come through with an idea and then it's my problem, right? So if somebody else has an awesome idea and they want to do it, have at it. But I can't take on those projects anymore. Um, 
because that used to be my job. That's all I would do. And I loved it. And it's hard to it's hard to not do that. I am not that person. I'm a problem solver. I see a problem. I want to fix it. And it is that is hard for me. So I've had to really restrain myself from from solving everybody else's problems. If they want to do it, have at it. You know, I'll be here to support you and guide you, but I just can't. I can't do them all. So. <laughs> I've, I've raised enough white flags. That I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not to say I won't help, and I'm not still doing that. It's just, you know, at some point, people have great ideas, and I love to hear them. But at some point, I can't just do them all by myself. That's Correct. why we have a team. That's why we have a group of people that we're mentoring and bringing up and learning so they can continuously improve and, and solve those problems. And we have, we have a very good team here. So very proud of them. Very cool. What would you say to any um, millennial that or millennial or Gen Z that's looking um, at blue collar work? What advice would you give them to support their, to support their interest? I would say to not judge a book by its cover, right? So manufacturing plastics just doesn't get the best reputation, right? For whatever reason, it's dirty, it's not good for the environment, what have you, right? And to really come into a company and see the complexity of what we're doing, we're making products in the United States for the United States, and we are... We are a core pillar in the GDP of of the United States. And we're providing jobs for 400 plus employees here in Sussex. I mean, we are very important to the economy and we're making something tangible, right? I can see, I can walk out to the shop floor and I I can see it go from pellet into the machine into a plastic part that's gonna be on a store shelf or in your home someday. And there is nothing cooler than doing that. Or, you know, my dad taking us to Walgreens and showing us the compacts that he made or he designed 20 <laughs> years ago. Like he had so much pride in that. And it it gave me and my siblings that same pride. Um, and it's it's just really cool. And there's not a lot of a lot of jobs, you're not, you don't get this tangible feeling of like, I made this. I I did something to make this. Um, and that's that's the best part. And I think until you're in manufacturing, you just you don't see that side of it. So right. The, it, it, yes, there, there is nothing better than than seeing something start as one thing that nobody can envision and shows up as something else. Right. You, you'd made a comment about. You know, it's not dark, not, you know, dark, dirty, dangerous, but you also made something about not good for the environment. Um, Maybe you know this answer, maybe you don't, but what, you know, since you are in a plastics organization, what are you seeing in your industry for um, the the ability to find recycled materials to be able to make new products from, as well as what are you doing to, um, take your flash and other things to potentially be recycled or repurposed or reused within the facility or turned into fuel or what, what are you guys doing in your space to facilitate mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So there's a couple of different things. So 
obviously there's a big push from a lot of our customers to use recycled material, right? Whether it's post-consumer recycled or post-industrial recycled material within um, their products. The issue with that sometimes can be that every lot of material is different. So from a processing perspective, if you want perfect parts that have no cosmetic, um, you know, issues, right. that they process perfectly, they have very tight tolerances for quality, that can be very difficult with recycled material. There's also not a lot of it in the world. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's a niche area right now. And there's just, you're not going to find millions and millions of pounds of it because the infrastructure is not there for, for the recycling. Um, so that's, so that's one piece of it. The second piece of it is that, um, chemical recycling is kind of the next wave of recycling where Mm -hmm. they would be able to take your scrap, your regrind, that sort of thing, or a, or plastic parts that would go into a landfill and chemically recycle them back to the virgin pellet. Oh, wow. That is, that is coming, but it will be many years because the infrastructure again is not there. I mean, you need these massive companies to be able to, and refineries to be able to do that, but, but it's coming. It's, it'll just be a while. Right now we use as we grind up all of our regrind and use it back into our, um, molding process as long as the process is capable and the customer allows it. And then anything else is sold to um, companies that buy regrind and turn it into to other things. So nothing goes into a landfill um, from the from the grinding perspective. Very cool. Um, yeah. So we it is it, it's a circular. It, it's becoming more circular. And we at our company, we are in durable goods. We do very, very, very little like single use plastic. Um, and that's, and that's something we, you know, when we're looking for new customers, that's something we prioritize is durable goods. So you're not doing, so you're not doing the knives and forks and spoons for your plastic knives, forks, and spoons type stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Solo yeah. cups. Red solo cups. No. So, so, so Megan, how does a young person or even an older person that says, Hey, you know what? This is pretty cool. This sounds good. You guys are doing what you need to do for the environment. You're growing, you're doing those things. How would somebody get a hold of you or Sussex IM if they have interest uh, in talking more or finding out what opportunities might exist there? Um, so I would say email me, um, look me up on LinkedIn Okay, so what would, that, what would that email be? Because this is a we're seeing each other. Do you want other, me to spell folks, out my email for you? But the <laughs> folks that are listening can't see what we see. <laughs> it's an okay. audio show. You want, me to, you want me to spell it out for you? Well, or we can say, hey, you know what? We'll put it in the show notes. How about that? Because it is a you, it yeah, is a lot. Put it of in the show notes. Because if I spell it for you, people are just gonna it's gonna get messed up. <laughs> it is. <laughs> But I would say, if someone's interested, email me. I love to chat. Um, I'm really big on, on, um, especially more women in the manufacturing industry. Um, there are not enough of us, and the ones that are, the ones we have are amazing, and we just need more of them. Completely so, agree. I love to chat. Completely anytime. agree there. Yeah. All right. So this wasn't so bad, was was it? Pushing you outside your comfort zone. 
This was fun. So you'd come back again? Sure, as long as you want me. <laughs> would you? Would you? So yeah, what would be great is to get you and Dad on the same thing. We'll talk about some fun yeah. stuff. We'll talk about we'll talk about vacation. We'll talk about you know PTO and all those fun things that Dad probably not excited about. <laughs> hey, I'm sure he would be on. I think he would be open to it. I think he would be too. That's why I think it would be fun. Yeah, so, I think he. Now would that you know how painless it is, we can make make that happen. All right. Yeah, this was fun. Awesome. All right, cool. You have a great rest of your week, and um, we will talk to you soon, Megan. You too. Thanks, guys. Have a nice weekend. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show, as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.